0: Turn me the- It's a place that you call
1: this is um, uh, another one of my songs where I was I mean where would songwriters be without depression (laughs) I mean so I was sitting there talking to the Lord and talking about um, just all this stuff coming against me, you know, and, and it reminded me of an old Kenneth Copeland song uh, where he said, uh, many are they that rise up against me, many are they that say of my soul, there's no help for him in God, but thou, O Lord, art a shield for me and the glory and the lifter of my head. And um, so I stole those words from Kenneth and the Bible. He got them from the Bible and uh we just want to connect with the lord today you know this thing didn't start out in a natural way but christianity is a supernatural religion and without the supernatural christianity is dead i mean god has to answer some prayers he's got to do some stuff you you need to see some stuff If you're not seeing stuff you're in the wrong religion You need to see some stuff. You need to see answers to your prayers. You need to see healings. You need to see those things and you need to expect them. And uh, like, I had an interesting thing last night. Every time I've come up here, I've never seen an angel. But last night, I saw three little angels, which was interesting. I I don't know what they were doing, but they were on my hand. They're like little balls of light. You know, as, as if somebody was, like, three people were taking lasers and going tsk, 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 on my hand. I'm, and I, I'm thinking, okay, what am I on? Or what, what is what is this, you know? And they went away just like that as soon as. <coughs> but I believe, um, I've seen angels before. And so I know what they look like. And these were, these were the same thing, but they were just smaller. I don't know what the deal is about that. However... Uh, I meant to, what I'm trying to say is basically, this is a supernatural place that you're in. You know, this the way the way Morningstar was brought here was supernaturally by a word of prophecy. You know, and you need to keep expecting for the supernatural. Keep expecting that God is going to do some stuff, and not just you know, well, you know, it's not. It is in the future, but it's now too. So. Uh, If something's coming against you, you just lift your head up. and, And that's what this song is about.
2: This week I was with uh, 40 of the sons. You know, Jack Taylor's my spiritual father, and uh, you know, the, some of you know the story. When I was a young guy, he how he impacted my life, got me kicked out. Well, I didn't really get kicked out, but he messed up my Baptist life. You know, because I got these these tapes on how to be filled with the Spirit, and then years later, I'm reconnected with Jack, and I'm one of his. They got like 400 spiritual sons. Uh, uh, Randy Clark's one of them Bill Johnson Now they weren't at these meetings But it was really good there, was a, there were two guys that were the most I don't know, this was the first time I've ever seen them One was Leif Hetlin. He's from Norway and uh, But he actually lives in Georgia And he's coming here sometime I'm telling you, that guy has He's amazing anointing And we need guys from overseas From these other countries And then there was another one of the first time sons from germany name was greg viola and he was telling us there's revival going on in germany and it's a major move of god i don't know you know it can anything come out of germany yes herring the moravians you know but there's great revival happening now he told us this and i looked at him and said are you sure because this sounds like the stuff that would happen when god shows up but he said that They've been praying for marriages. People come from all over with broken marriages and problems. He said one... Now, this is what he said. I'm just repeating. He said 100% of every marriage they pray for gets healed. I said, God, how can that be? You know, you know that's a pretty amazing statistic. And, uh, but I believe... He also told us something, and you'll be glad for this because you already did it, Leonard... He said that we should boast in our weakness, because this guy was very non-assuming. He doesn't look like one of these American preachers, you know, that have it all together. He's just like a very simple, almost like if you walk by him, he might, you know, fall over. I mean, he's just a very simple guy. But he was encouraging us, don't complain about weakness. Boast in your weakness. You know, because then the power of Christ will rest upon you. And uh, you remember the story, and I'm going to get into the Word in a moment, but where Paul pleaded with the Lord three times, take this thorn from me, remember. What did he do? He didn't take it from him, he left it. You see, God wanted Paul to have more faith in the one who wore the crown of thorns than the one who was trying to jab him with the thorns. You know what I'm talking about. And uh, so anyway, I'm not going to boast in weakness how many of you, you know, that was a good thing to ask, how many of you are going through stuff? How many of you, you know, listen, join the crowd. If you're not going through stuff, hang on, you probably will. You're going to have to go through some stuff to get to where he wants you to go. You know, his must needs go through some area, there's things that is just part of it. But now, I want to do something else before I get in the Word. There's a family, and I'm not going to mention their name. Some of you will know right off the bat. But the whole family is under assault, sick, The whole, it, unbelievable stuff, if I, even, even their dog. And, uh, but this is a very critical week. And uh, I spoke with one member of the family, and they have to have a miracle. This is very, very, very critical. Well, I, I'm going to believe what Leonard challenged us with. This, this is a supernatural lifestyle. We're not here just playing games, telling stories, and then we feel good about showing up with people. You know, we want to see God's power. The kingdom is not in word only, but power. So if you would, just join someone's hand, if you would. Let's just pray for a miracle. How many before we do that, how many of you also need a miracle? You need a miracle. Okay, we're going to, you grab hold too, okay? you mean, it's not, it's for this family, but you grab hold. You say, God, this prayer is for me. But... But I'm believing God. We prayed for this family. We fasted for this family. We walked around their house. We blessed the house. We cursed everything we know to curse. You know what I mean? We just... God, we have nothing left. We have no answers but You. And God, that's where really our nation is if our nation would just confess up. We don't have any other answers. There's no hope in any man, any woman. God, we've got to have You. We've got to have You moving in power. Lord, we must have the church uh, rising in this hour, walking in your glory, walking in all the things that you purposed and that you said were ours. And so, Lord, we thank you that not only have you called us to proclaim the gospel of salvation, but, Lord, there's healing and there's great, you said, signs and wonders. Lord, you said in one place that Paul, he prayed that, uh, that you would stretch forth your hand to heal. And that signs and wonders would be done through the holy name of Your servant, Jesus. Not the not the name of a church, but the name of Your Son. And so, Lord, we come right now and we plead, we cry out to heaven in faith. Lord, we're asking for mercy. Lord, we, we do agree. Nevertheless, not our will, but Thy will. But Lord, we pray, Lord, that You would touch this family and that You would bring healing, that You would bring a breakthrough. God, it's gone on so long now, and we don't have anything else. I don't have any, any, I don't know what to do, but call on You, Lord. And Lord, we refuse death and destruction, and we pray, God, for a breakthrough in this household. God, we ask this week, That even that which has been assigned against them would be turned around. And the testimony would be of the glory of God and the healing power of Jesus Christ. Lord, I I felt this is a key family in our our circumstance, in our our community. And I pray for a miracle. Lord, you're a God that can do it all. And you've given us the kingdom. And so, Lord, we just... One more time, we bind the enemy. You said if we draw near to you and we resist the devil, he's got to flee. So we draw near to you in this service. Now we resist the spirit of death and every sickness and disease in the strong name of Jesus. And Lord, we don't have to shout or anything. We're serious. We're serious. We're crying out for this family. And Lord, there are many other people that have got to have breakthroughs. There are people watching this morning. Lord, we just... We believe in you. You're the God that was raised from the dead. And you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. Amen. Well, let's just see what God will do. Boy, you guys, I'm glad you came. We want to turn you loose here in just a little bit again, all right? But, um, man, this has been a weird week. You're not the only one that gets pounded sometimes you know you just stuff you goes on you say why how come this stuff's happening what is this well part of it is the plan of god you got to go through do you know that we are partakers of Christ's sufferings you remember what job said hey if i'm gonna be blessed when you bless me or call you god you know but hey you know blessing are you when there's adversity that comes our way as as well so we just have to keep standing if you, I'm telling you, everything that can be shaken is going to be shaken. And so we're going to stand. We're receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. You know that, don't you? So when stuff gets shaken around the world, it's okay. We're just going to keep believing God. So I want you to go with me to 1 Corinthians. Somebody say, Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise, the Lord. Praise the Lord. He's alive right now, I'm telling you. He's not dead. He's here. He's here. He's right here in this place. The biggest part of our doing the will of God is believing what He said. Remember, they said, what must I do to do? Well, believe on Him whom the Father sent. So we believe that He's here. He's right in this room right now, and He's going to do stuff. He's going to speak to people, and uh, He's going to do some amazing things. Now, 1 Corinthians and chapter 1, verse 10 will actually just skip through and then we'll get to another verse in a moment but there's a lot of stuff going on in the corinthian church a lot of division a lot of contention there's quarreling i wonder if any of that stuff happens in churches or families today but anyway they were claiming to be some were saying well i'm of paul i'm of apollos i'm of cephas i'm of christ if I had to choose between Paul, Apollos, Cephas, and Christ, I would not choose Cephas. I'd go after Christ, and then I'd go after Paul, and then Apollos. But I personally wouldn't want to be a part of it. But anyway, they're all divided. And then, then verse 13, he says, Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? How I mean, if nobody was baptized in the name of Paul, were you? Good. For verse, And then go on in verse 17, he says, For Christ did not send me to baptize but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of no effect. Say no effect. I think we were singing a song this morning about uh, watered-down gospel. We don't want any more watered-down gospel. It reminded me the first vision I ever had was, you know those conferences we had at that church church, on Lancaster Boulevard, I forget, New Light, whatever it was. There was a church on Lancaster up at the inn in Pineville. And it wasn't an open vision. But I've shared this before, but it might as well have been open because I, I saw it as clear. But in a way, there was a cross hanging behind the, the pulpit, up you know, where the choir sits. And, uh, and all of a sudden, the cross was blazed, set ablaze on fire. And then it was like somebody came and poured water over it because then it was dripping wet and the water, the fire was going out. And then the third scene, it just like somebody came along and threw some kerosene on it and it was set ablaze way greater than it was at the beginning. And uh, what I, I believe the Lord was showing me is that the church was birthed with a fiery preaching of the cross. Then over the Hundreds of years, centuries, whatever, someone somehow started throwing water on that message and it's been watered down. But at the end of the age, God's going to raise up a fresh, fiery gospel preaching all over the world. And it's going to set a whole lot of places on fire. And I want to be a part of that crowd. So anyway, Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with words of wisdom, lest the cross of Christ should be made of no effect Lest anyone should boast. Now look down in verse 18. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are being or who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise. He's in the process of doing some of that. And I'll bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise and where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of the age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? And then notice in verse 22, For the Jews seek a sign and the Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified to the Jews a stumbling block and to the Greeks foolishness. And then we could go on, and I'm going to pick it back up here in just a moment. But I want to, I want to be focused, I want to be simple. But I want, to, I want to preach the cross. You know, in my opinion, the greatest message the America needs to hear in this hour is the message of the cross. We preach everything but the cross. And I want to talk a little about that. And so I, I just got this message on my way back from that Suns gathering in Florida. I actually was sneaking away at different times and working on one message, and then God dumped the whole thing. And so, you know... Then you've got to trust God when He dumps what you've been working on. And you've got to trust Him to give you something from Him. And uh, so I just kept seeing the cross. And there are just seven things that I wrote down. So I'm going to throw them out, throw them over the airwaves. Wherever they land, I believe it's going to bear fruit. But first of all, Paul preached the message of the cross. And that word message actually means the word. And I really am convinced America needs a fresh Vision and a fresh proclamation of the cross Because we've, we've wondered a bit And we need to hear Now one thing about the gospel that he speaks about The gospel It is what? You know what it is It's good news You know there's a lot of bad news to go around today If you want to hear some When you get home Turn on whatever channel in your house CNN or MSNBC or even Fox, and you're going to hear some really bad news. How many of you know that? Now, I'm not saying don't listen to the news. But you don't want to be... I heard somebody just recently, they they said, I'm, I'm a bit of a new... Now he's talking about himself, not me. He said, I'm a bit of a news junkie. I thought, man, that's the saddest thing I ever heard. This is not the hour. You don't want to... Maybe a hundred years ago or something, you know, but this is not the day to be a news junkie. I mean, just get enough... A little dab will do you. Just make sure you know what's going on so you know how to pray. But focus on the good news. Keep your mind set on Him. You're going to be depressed. You're going to be filled with doubt. You're going to be filled with fear. You can't even believe half the stuff that comes over the news today. You know what I'm talking about. There's a lot of fake news. But I can promise you, I know where there's news that is not fake and it's found in the gospel. And the good news, you know why it's good. Anybody have a... A, a, in a clingering that's a new word I'm just going to make it up you can do that if you're up here and you're speaking so anybody have a clingering I don't know what that means I have no idea but you know what it means the, it's good news because it's God's news most of man's news I wouldn't give you five cents for it in this hour because you don't know if they're telling you the truth or they barred whatever it is from somebody you know but the gospel is good news it's You know, there's a lot of hopelessness. There's hope in the gospel. There's also a lot of loneliness. Did you know, now, a lot of this stuff, I hope when I hear it, I hope it's true. But I heard, we can look this up. Actually, I did last night, so it's true. Great Britain has appointed a minister of loneliness. A minister of loneliness. Because there's so many people in Great Britain that are lonely. So they've got a a minister now that's going to help them. And I read, and this is true, where there were some Americans making light of that, you know, minister, what's a minister of loneliness. He said, yeah, you in America, you should appoint a secretary of humility is what you need. And I thought, well, that's, that's, no, that's really true. That's what they said. And I thought that is exactly what we need. I was, you know, the message of the cross. I was where I was called to preach up, you know, I've told you guys this. Well, you hadn't been around, so I can tell you. But I was called to preach about an hour and a half from here when I was 19 years old. And I go back there from time to time, and I go to the very spot, you know, and I just relive that moment where I laid my Bible out and, you know, had a candle and, and uh, I don't know, just, you know, bowed and prayed, but all that stuff. But the last time I went up on the mountain, and uh, this just, a, I don't know, maybe six weeks ago, I was up there, and I was just recommitting you know, my life, as I do every year, I go a couple times a year up there. It's good to go back, you know, where those spiritual roots are and redig that well. And uh, so I'm walking down the mountain. I'm saying, God, what am I to focus on in this hour? The world's going crazy. Look, you know, I'm talking to God just like he's a best friend. I said, God, I don't know if you've been paying much attention, but the world has gone absolutely l- there's lunacy, lunatic. You read things that are absolutely bizarre every day. And uh, so what is to be my focus? Now, you ever heard the saying, you cannot see the forest for the trees? There's a cross that you can see from I-40, really good. It's a big white cross. But up on that mountain, I've never seen the cross before because there's a lot of trees. Well, that day, as I'm walking down, I look. It's as if the trees or the forest had split wide open. And I see clearly, I mean, without a doubt, the cross just, you know, staring me in the face and then you know it's kind of like duh you know what i mean focus on the cross it's the message people need to hear america needs to hear now you can preach on other things you know jesus said teach them all things whatsoever i've commanded you and then what did paul say to timothy preach the word be ready in season and out of season you guys are going to be preaching the word preach you know all the stuff but it's got to be rooted in the cross The cross is the only way the lost are going to be reconnected to God. There's no other way. It ain't going to happen. You can preach whatever it is, but it's the cross. And then the second thing about the cross, it's foolishness. Now, that's exactly what he said in verse 18. The message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. And then he goes on and that in verse 23, you know what the word stumbling block, anybody know what the Greek word for stumbling block? Scandal. It's a scandal. You see, they wanted the Jews talking about Christ and him crucified. That was a, a scandal to them. They didn't want to believe that. And there are scandals today. But, you know, the cross is the truth. It's the truth. It's not a stumbling. And now many people stumble over it because they think it may be. It's, you know, you need to go on. That's where you just are a baby. Well, I know it's where you become a Christian. But you don't ever outgrow your need. You take up your cross. You you need to be reminded of that. He bore our cross, but every day we're to follow him. And then, you know, the word foolishness. Do you know that you don't want to call somebody a fool? You remember where Jesus said, if you call somebody a fool, it's not good. How many of you remember that part in the scripture? You don't go around calling you fool. But do you know Jesus called a man a fool? You remember the man? He was the guy that... He was rich in the world. And all he wanted was to get more and more. He could never be satisfied. He wanted the finest, the latest model. He wanted everything. You know, he built bigger and better barns. I mean, if you remember the story in Matthew. So he gets all of this stuff. He's, in, he's rich with the things of the world. But he doesn't lay up the treasure in heaven. And then the day comes, remember what the Lord says to him? How many of you remember? Well, I get to tell you because you don't remember. Some of you ought to remember that. He looked at him. He said, you fool. You fool. Today, your soul is required of you. And so here he is. He had everything the world had to offer. But he didn't lay up treasure in heaven. He was a fool. And there are people like that today. You know, they're laying up. They're going after the latest, the fanciest stuff. It's just incredible You know where technology's going and all of this, but we don't want to be a fool. So say, I don't want to be a fool. You know, there is coming a judgment. You know that, don't you? I I don't know. This is stuff I heard coming home the other day, but I heard that there was a group. No, an atheist newspaper. Probably most of them are atheist newspapers. I mean, you know, most of them, I don't know. That's not really a big revelation. But he said that they there was a group that was celebrating because they heard there was no hell. You know, there was a religious leader that that in a private conversation this week, he's a big-time religious leader, said there's no hell. And then I, uh, Shirley was telling me, well, he's going back on that. And there are people saying he maybe really didn't say it like he said it. Maybe he didn't really mean it. But the lost really liked hearing that. You know, they they, they thought, wow, this is great. Stephen Hawkins was right. Is that that guy's name? He must have been right. You just cease to exist when you die. How do you know Stephen Hawkins was right? Did you see him after he died? I tell you, he wasn't... That doctrine of annihilation has been around hundreds and thousands. I mean, it's been around a long time. Been around, it comes around. And that's not just some religious head of an organization. I heard of a guy that... I'm not going to go into great detail because he's coming around Morathian Falls, but people sent me tapes and that's one of the things he teaches. He actually said, and I wrote it down, he said, when an unbeliever dies, they cease to exist because that's God's mercy. What do you mean? God's mercy. Evidently, the man does not understand the nature of the cross. The mercy took place on the cross. That's the only place. But anyway... That's my story, and I'm going to stand for truth in the midst of error. All that stuff is coming, you know, our way. Okay, so there are two things. The message of the cross, and then what was the second thing? The foolishness. Say foolishness. You don't want to be a fool. You don't want to be a fool. I'm telling you, you don't want to get there. And the Lord say, you fool. No, no, I'm not talking to you. I'm not pointing to you. you. No, well done, good and faithful servant. It's about time you got back from South Africa. You're playing hooky. AWOL. No, no. Okay. He's our youth pastor and he was stuck in South Africa for a while. That's what happened to him. But he, he was stuck. He really was. But he made it back and we're so grateful. All right. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, 1 through 5. Look at this. There are two more things here. There are seven things we've already done too. And I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech or wisdom, declaring to you the testimony, or the word is the mystery of God. For I determined not to know anything among you, except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And then he goes on, "I, I didn't trust, you know, my speech with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in the demonstration of the Spirit and of power. Say the Spirit and of power. That your faith should not... Rest in the wisdom, or be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. And so there are two things. The cross, there's the centrality of the cross. The centrality. You know, history is filled with major events. After World War II, there was, you know, the Industrial Revolution, right? We blew stuff up and then we fixed it. This would happen, and so we got a lot of jobs. You think about it, a lot of folks probably got rich. Who gave the jobs or who was anyway, I'm not going there, that's a different day. But a lot of stuff happened at the technol now we're in we're in a technological revolution. You know what's coming, don't you? Was it five G, right? We have four G now. Five G's coming. They say the world will never be the same. Have you heard about the global brain? You heard it? You ain't heard about it. there's a global brain that's being formed so they can connect the entire world under a, it sounds like Skynet or something to me. You know what it really does. Sounds like something far out, science fiction. Sounds really scary. I don't want to be connected to some global brain. I don't want anybody knowing what I'm thinking or telling me what to think. You know what I mean? Especially what I'm thinking. You don't want anybody knowing what you're thinking. But there's all kinds of stuff here. Yeah, that's funny. That's what I would think. You're, you must be thinking something right now. I'm so glad people aren't thinking what I'm thinking or knowing what I'm thinking. No, they could be thinking. But, you know, surely you're saying, stay, okay, let's keep it simple, right? Yeah, all right, let's stay tuned. But, you know, no, 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 one more story. There's a movie coming out called Ready Player One. It's about this world of virtual reality. You know, I don't know what it's rated. I'm not telling you to go see it or anything like that. But it's about how the whole world, something happens and everybody's connected and they go into this oasis of virtual reality. You know, the only bad thing, if they do all this stuff that they want to do, one day you're going to, the plug, somebody's going to pull the plug. You're going to wake up from those, those glasses. You know, a lot of people right now, they're in some kind of reality. You don't have to wait for the virtual. They're in some fake reality. They're listening to the devil. They're living in some warped time zone. We need God to come pull the plug so we wake up. We need Him to pull the plug on America. I don't want to go to some virtual reality. I'd rather God come along now and pull the plug out and just call people to Himself and start a big old-fashioned great spiritual awakening. That's what I'm believing for. You know, it says some of the things... You pray, lead me not into temptation. I don't want to go in some of those places. But you know, there are major events. Graduation from high school. I graduated. I won't say anything about it. I was going to say Kuma Kuma something like that, but, you know, some, I can't remember how he said it, Kuma some lot. I I was the one that graduated Kuma some later. I graduated much later, but anyway, I won't. No, no, it wasn't that bad. I was was in the top hundreds. (laughs) It was somewhere in there. And then graduation from college, that was a big deal. You know, and um, it really was a big deal. My dad couldn't believe it, you know, that I graduated from college. But, you know, my marriage, that was big, having children, leaving West Virginia. When we were pastoring up there, I remember I was out praying, and the Lord brought Abraham to my mind. He said, you remember Abraham? But, uh-oh. This could be bad because Abraham was going to... You know, I had a son, so I was thinking about that. I hope this is not what he's going to... But anyway, what it was is Abraham went out to a lamb, not knowing where he was going. You know what I mean? And so I knew God was speaking to me about all that. And um, coming here was a big event. This was really major. I, I didn't just show up here. I wanted to leave here before I got here. And then when I got here, I wanted to leave here. You can ask Shirley. There was a day I was going to leave. I was going to go back to Alabama. And, um, but anyway, God intervened miraculously. It was an incredible thing. And then I had this dream where Bob Jones shows up in my dream. He stands at the foot of the bed and he says, Arise, you know, and all I'm doing is writing and discipleship material. I don't care. I, but anyway, I had to arise. But anyway, all these events, the greatest single event in all of history is the cross. It's the greatest. There's no greater. It's taller than any skyscraper. You can look at the skyscrapers. I'm telling you, the cross is the greatest. And then there's the power of the cross. And we read that. That our faith would not rest in the wisdom of men. We were reminded this week down in Florida with Jack and those guys. Where did this come from, the art of preaching? Now, You know, you go to seminary. I did all that stuff. But whoever said, who's so, you're not supposed to be so flashy. and You don't have to have all... You can make up words like I did. Listen, we don't want to put your confidence in men. Men are, The best of men are nothing but vapor. They appear for a little while, then they're gone before you know it. How many of you, we're not that impressed with men anymore? I don't know any man on the earth I'm that impressed with. In fact, Jesus said something about it. Didn't he say, or the word... He said, let every man, you know, let God be true, maybe Paul, but let God be true and every man a liar. Now, not all, all men are liars. The ones on CNN are. I mean, you know, that's obvious. But not every man is a liar. But let God be true. And my trust is in the power of God. we got to have people healed. we got to see stuff happen. I'm not giving up. There may be a day, I don't know, you lay me over there next to Bob somewhere, but I'm telling you, I'm going to go to the grave, believe in God to send a great awakening to America. And this place is called to that. We're supposed to see the supernatural. We've been going through stuff to get us ready for stuff, just like Leonard reminded us of today. But you didn't raise your voice like I did. But I'm telling you, what do you think this is about? We're going to see the glory of the Lord. The only hope for America is the glory of the Lord fill the house of the Lord. That's it. Two weeks ago, no, th- I don't remember, two, three, I forget. But anyway, there was a morning we were doing wor- a, a seminar on words of knowledge and Asia was in charge of that meeting and there was a lot of folks here on a Saturday morning and uh, we could not move. People were stunned. We just stopped for the longest of time. Now, Asia and this generation were doing a lot better than me. They were restrained. And somebody was literally, they said, could not move, literally could not move. You know, I'm sitting back there thinking now, you know, is a one of an older generation? Now, okay, now somebody's got to do something here, you know, eventually. You got to, somebody's got to make some noise or say something, you know. So, but I waited. God gave me a, a great ability. I'm praying there'll be a day we can't speak a word. We can't sing a song. We can't move an ounce. I can't wait for that day. That's what I, Ezekiel talks about. You know, they couldn't... They entered the, the house of the Lord, but the glory of the Lord filled the house of the Lord like a cloud and nobody could move or do a thing. We need some men to be quiet so God will speak today. Can I tell you... Yeah, I'm going to meddle one little bit. <laughs> We've still got plenty of time, but I remember... When I was younger, it was about the time I was called to preach. I went to a church, and they were preaching. And I was getting a headache the whole time. I was getting a headache. I said, God, why am I getting a headache? And then at the end of the message, he got quiet, and they opened it up to God to touch people. And the headache went away. And I said, God, how come I got a headache, and how come now it went away? He said, well, because... You got a headache because this is the first time they've given me an opportunity to say anything the entire morning. And what I got to say is going to bring a lot of peace to your headaches. And I thought that was a good thing. Lord, don't let me forget it. But we have the responsibility to preach too. You know, it's through the preaching. So we've got to preach the word. But we want the power. How many of you say, I want the power? We got to have. Now, this is good. This is what Leonard was talking about. Are you ready? Look with, in First Thessalonians. Not only is there the foolishness and the, all of this of the cross, there's the conflict of the cross. You better get ready for it. Because there are going to be some dropouts. But not if you come to this place, you're not going to drop out. We're not going to let it happen. But look in this, First Thessalonians chapter 2. For you yourselves know, brethren, verse 1, that our coming to you was not in vain. Now how did they know it was not in vain? How would you know, if you stepped out in obedience to what God called you to do, that it's not in vain? How would you know? Some of you would say, well, if it's smooth sailing, you know, if there's all blessing, blessing, and there's a, you know, all this stuff. Wrong. Wrong. W-R-O-N-G. That's not it. So let's look. All right. Our coming was not in vain. So here, how they find out it wasn't in vain. But even after we had suffered before... And were spitefully treated at Philippi. As you know, we were bold in our God to speak to you the gospel of God in much, what? What does it say? Conflict. In much conflict. And so Paul is telling them, look, I didn't cause this conflict. Because he says in verse 3, for our exhortation, it didn't come from error. I wasn't preaching falsehood or uncleanness. Nor was it in deceit. I wasn't seeking to deceive anyone. But as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, even so we speak. Not as pleasing men, and there's the key. Not as pleasing men, but God who tests our hearts. And then he goes on and say that we didn't come with flattering words or a cloak of covetousness. Nor do we seek our own glory, or the glory of men. And then in verse 8 he talks about how we gave you even our own lives. And so how do you know when you step out? You know when all hell breaks loose. Listen, if the devil hasn't got any strategy to throw you off course and make you feel like a pile of whatever, you can fill in the blank, you don't have to, but don't. You know what I mean. Just Listen, you're probably not accomplishing very much for the kingdom. Listen, if you even think about living godly, just, you know that sign, don't even think, don't even think of it. If you think about it, you're going to suffer persecution. Is that what it says? So you should rejoice. You should be happy when you wake up depressed. It just gives you an opportunity to be impressed with God because he's the only one can dig you out of that mess. You know what I'm talking about? And I'm talking about all of us. You know, I woke up one day this week. I felt like I was the lowest of the lowest of the lowest. No, Paul was the lowest. Remember, he said, I'm the chief among sinners. But in that particular moment, I took issue with Paul. I said, Paul, I don't care how bad you felt. You ain't been this low. And then that guy from Germany reminded me, reminded us, boast in your weaknesses, brother. You want to be strong in the Lord. Be glad you're weak. So I changed my attitude. I started thanking God. Thank you, God. I woke up feeling like the world was caving on top of me. God, thank you for this. It's kind of hard to thank him for this kind of stuff. You know what I mean? How many of you know what I'm talking about? But he said, be rejoice in all things. Be thankful in all things. I'm telling you, there's going to be conflict. Those of you that have the biggest calling, you're going to get some of the biggest demons showing up at your front door. So what are you going to do? Retreat? Go back to bed? No. Listen, it's too late to go back to bed. Get up and go, man. Listen, this is the hour to see God come through for you. This is the hour of fulfillment. The hour where prayers that have been prayed for years and years are suddenly going to be answered our god is going to prove his faithfulness to this generation we're going to declare to the generation to come the glory of the lord it's going to be really a cool journey from here on out and then i'm going to quickly go the tragedy of the cross and i won't read all the story you know it over in mark chapter 15. you talk about tragedy you you referred to this Uh, Leonard, but they divided his garments, you know, they ridiculed him. They said, well, if you're really who you say you are, and then come off of the cross, you know, and all this stuff, you know, you destroyed the temple in three days. You said it's going to raise... You can't even get on... You can't even save yourself. How are you going to save the world? You can't even save yourself. And then, of course, they, you know, wanted his garments, and then they were all kinds of things. They beat him. Even the one on the left and the right. Reviled him But you know he died for the one on the left and the right You know that don't you It kind of hit me this morning He died for both the one and the. one Now only one of them responded I don't know I'd have to look this up Was he on the left or was he on the right of Jesus I don't have any idea Maybe it mentions that in the scripture But he died for both He died for both the left and the right So we got to go for it in this hour But there was humiliation, shame, torture The ultimate rejection how many of you deal with rejection sometimes? Well, you, you know, I'm, I'm telling you, something they told us goes around with the prophetic. And so sometimes I feel rejected. I look at Shirley. Shirley, you're rejecting me. No, she's not rejecting me. She's not. She's always accepting me. Same way with God. Some of you feel like God's rejecting you. I promise you He's not rejecting you. Now, if there's sin, you need to repent. There's a wall that's built. Just repent and, and there'll be that renewed fellowship and you know that. But there's the tragedy of the cross. And then the last thing is on the tragedy. What did the tragedy lead to? The triumph. Man, we've got to preach the triumph of the cross. Listen, he is not dead. Muhammad is dead. Confucius, dead. John's What's his name, John Smith? Dead. Buddha, he's dead. Name a few other false gods. You know, I don't know. I saw, now they got this commercial on the Church of Scientology. I don't even know who. What do they worship, science? That's crazy. I'm not going to worship science, you know. I mean, maybe geography or something. But science, are you kidding me? That's be bizarre. But anyway, they're all dead. It's all a dead religion. We have the real thing. He's the only one among them that rose from the dead. He's alive forevermore. He came out of the grave. You remember the women they came. They said, uh, you know, they're looking for him, you know, to anoint his body. Why are you looking for the dead among the living? What's wrong with you? He's alive. He's been risen from the dead. So anyway, we got we to gotta tell people this triumph. I don't know how much time we have left. I'm really serious. Some I mean, of you know I'm, I'm dead serious. I don't know as a free nation. We had a guy come here and he told us that President Trump was a symbol of grace and we had to pray that he not be removed from office. That if he's removed from office, the grace will be lifted. And he told us, didn't he? And he also, and this is what got our attention, he was in this pulpit and he said, God told him the city of Houston is going to flood. Seven days later it flooded. So that kind of made me think, You know, that's really the only way in Scripture we're going to know the prophets, what they say is true. Today, not everybody that says they're a prophet is a prophet. I can promise you that. That's not, it's just not, it's going to all wash. come out in the wash one day. But anyway, we got to pray. I don't know. I just know. we. So we formed a presidential prayer watch, and we got about 850 people praying. I hope they're still praying. If you guys are watching your part, you better still be praying. Man, we don't give up. This is not the hour to faint. Some people are saying, yeah, but you know what the stuff he's done. How can I pray for him? You know, the stuff you've done. How can we pray for you? You know, do you know? listen? You know what I mean? I don't know anybody that's righteous. I just know we got to pray for those in authority. So anyway, I'm saying all that to say, I don't know how much time we have, but we got to get it. We got to get with it. We need a new commission this morning. So I'm going to pray. I'm going to ask God to release afresh the power of the cross, a fresh anointing. That original vision that really, that was the first conference, the Morningstar conference I ever went to. I think God was setting a precedent. He didn't want me to forget that. I'm going to pray God release fresh fire. Now we, we need fresh fire on the church all over America. I don't care what denomination they came. I heard a Presbyterian. One of my brother's, Connected under Jack Taylor's a Presbyterian in Celebration, Florida. You wouldn't believe what God's doing in that Presbyterian church. The Spirit of God. Their pastor went. Where did he go? He goes to uh, with the Reformation, you know. And he was standing in Luther's pulpit at the very stroke where it went into the day of the 500th anniversary. Presbyterian, standing with his arms open wide, praying in the Spirit. And the guy that told us about it said the power of God, the Holy Spirit poured out afresh in Luther's church. I don't know. I'm telling you, these are the most exciting times in history. So we're going to pray that God release fresh fire. You guys come on back up and get ready to to lead us again. But, But first of all, we've been doing this and we're not going to back out because there have been people saved by watching the web stream. And there may be somebody in here this morning. You have never really surrendered your life you don't know if you were to die today that you would spend eternity in heaven listen you got to know it's got to be settled it's got to be real it's got to be real religion won't get you there it's not going to happen nobody's going to nobody else is going to get you there you got to go by way of the cross so first of all what do you need just simple things and we're going to pray then i'm going to pray for that fire don't let me forget okay i don't want to forget the second part but uh... But first of all, God has to draw you. You're not going to co- it's not like an insurance salesman. You don't say, Well, I think I need heaven insurance. It's not happening. You've got to be drawn by the Holy Spirit, convicted of your sin. You got to know I am a sinner, separated from God. And I'm going to die if unless I get reconnected with God. And then you got to confess Him. You confess that Jesus is the Son of God, that He died on the cross. That He loves you. He rose from the dead. you got to repent. We forgot the word repent. Repent means you change direction. You turn. You say, I'm going to follow Jesus the rest of my life. Now, He'll give you the strength to do that. And then you've got to just follow Him, be His disciple, yield to Him. You need fresh and fillings of the Spirit every day, don't you, Linda? Every day. I don't think I miss a day. I may have, but I, not that I remember. God, I need today a fresh and filling of the Holy Spirit. So you need that every day because you're leaky vessels. You leak out. The world drains you. You need a fresh and filling. But we need salvation first. So anyone, I, I tell you, let's just bow our heads. And those watching by the web stream, this is a holy moment. I'm telling you, God is tossing out the nets in this hour this is the day of salvation. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be, what? Saved. And so it's going to happen. But, but you need to mean it. I'm going to lead you in a prayer, but you've got to mean it in your heart. And you pray this, and you receive him, and I, on the authority of God's word, this will be the day you were born again. And you'll never be the same again. You'll know. You'll have joy. Now, all hell will try to come and convince you, Otherwise, but you will have a greater power over hell. You have authority over the gates of hell. So just pray. Say, everyone, pray out loud. Dear God, I need you. I believe in Jesus, that He is the Son of God, and that He died on the cross and He rose from the dead. I confess that I'm a sinner, I'm separated from you because of my sin. But I ask you to forgive me, wash me, cleanse me. I repent of all my sin. I turn my life over to you. From this moment on, I will follow you as my Lord and Savior. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Fill me with the power of God to live for you that my life would count for the gospel. In the name of Jesus. Now let's just stand for a moment. Just stand. Just lift your hands up. I'm going to pray. I just I'm believing God. We got to have Christians that are on fire, the fire of the gospel. I'm telling you, when you, when you share your faith, man, we need conviction. We don't want to just share words. You know what I'm talking about? I don't want to share words. I don't want to preach words. I want God's kingdom. I want His power. So God, we just right now. Lord, we're just a bunch of men and women. We humble ourselves before You. And Lord, we have a big task. You're the one who gave it to us. And we know the gospel of the kingdom is going to be preached in many different ways, through song, through different types of teachings and testimonies, and many ways. Many, Many won't say much. They're just their life. They're going to live that. But God, we ask You for power. We ask You, God, that You would open the heavens. And Lord, we ask for a great outpouring, a fresh release of the Spirit of Heaven. Lord, we ask You, we receive the rain in this place. God, over every individual, let the rain of Heaven, let the fire of God fall afresh on our hearts and our lives, that we would be ablaze for You. We would be ministers like flames of fire. God, and even when we don't feel good, things have happened, things come against us, knowing that we are still as loved as we've ever been, and we're still close to you and we still got a great commission and you're with us you're with us you promised to never leave us so lord i release fire i release hope i release courage i release faith gifts of faith there are people that are going back in their impossible situations in their homes family members they're going to die unless god comes lord we release gifts of miracles gifts of healing lord we thank you we can know you and the power of your resurrection The fellowship of your sufferings, but the power of your resurrection. And we release that resurrection power right now. We declare it over this valley. We declare it into these mountains. We declare it throughout the Blue Ridge. Lord, we declare it over Tennessee and Georgia. We declare it over Virginia, West Virginia, Pennsylvania, all points south, east and west. Lord, you said we would touch America, we would touch nations. And so we declare, God, release your fire over the nations today. Fresh fire in England. God, we're not satisfied with their having to have a minister of loneliness. Let the gospel be preached there again with power and authority. And Lord, we thank you for what you're doing in Germany. Let it spread like wildfire. Let it spread like wildfire. God, all over the earth, we thank you for Norway, what we've heard. God, how we spoke one Sunday and prophesied over Norway. didn't know what we were doing, but now we see how you're bringing so much together. God, send the rain in Norway. Send a mighty flood of revival there. All through, Lord. All Russia. God, we don't know if they're guilty of everything they get accused of or not. But send revival to Russia, God. Send revival to Ukraine. We pray. We thank you, God. We believe you, Lord. Lord, We're not going to remember this country that's starving to death. What is it? Venezuela. Lord, pour out your spirit in Venezuela. God, they're starving, they're hungry. Send send manna if you have to, but send the fire, send the Holy Ghost is our prayer to Venezuela, Lord. Colombia, Brazil. Lord, all those, those people in this room, they're getting ready to go to some of these places. They're going to Costa Rica. They're going to Panama. They're going to Cuba. So, Lord, get them ready. Send fire in their soul. So when they go, they'll be ablaze and they'll set those nations on fire. And the Lord, we're serious. We're thanking you. We believe you. Now we get to celebrate and worship you because we serve a king that's alive. In Jesus' name, amen.